the feminist economies we love. Come meet the feminist economies we love. The economy is about how we organize our societies, our homes, and workplaces. How do we live together? How do we produce food, organize childcare, provide for our health? The economy is also about how we access and manage resources, how we relate with other people, with ourselves, and with nature. Feminists have been building economic alternatives to exploitative capitalist systems for ages. These alternatives exist in the here and now, and they are the pillars of the just, fairer, and more sustainable worlds we need and deserve. We are excited to share with you a taste of feminist economic alternatives featuring inspiring collectives from all around the world. Story 4. Amplifying our collective power. Feminist Union Organizing, featuring the stories of Solidarity Network Union and Union Otras. The fight for a world full of workplaces that are free from all forms of discrimination, stigma, and exclusion is a worthy one. A world in which sex work is decriminalized and recognized as work is part of this. A world with all workers have safe working conditions, dignified wages, and can enjoy the same rights like healthcare, pension pay, sick days, holidays, job security, and more, no matter their gender, race, ethnicity, age, or ability. Labor rights are feminist issues, and feminist unions play a key role in advancing the legal, labor, and economic rights of all workers, especially migrant workers, domestic workers, informal workers, and sex workers. These are folks who have most recently been disproportionately affected by the pandemic. It's burdens of care, lockdowns, curfews, and increased policing. Let us introduce you to the stories of feminists and union organizers that are fighting for better working conditions and better worlds for all. Georgia. This is only the beginning. The story of Solidarity Network Union. The COVID-19 pandemic showed the world how important essential workers are. We're talking about cleaners, nurses, paramedics, domestic workers, transport workers, grocery shop workers, among others. Their work is to tend to and guarantee the well-being of others, and they make our economies function. But while they take care of us, who takes care of them? Georgia's minimum wage is in the bottom percent of all countries in the world, and this reality affects mostly women. The country not only has a significant gender pay gap, but women also work longer, more unregulated hours before going home to take care of housework and their families. There is no maternity pay, no wage increase for overtime work, no unemployment insurance, and no pay for sick leave or other social protection. Pressured by Western organizations, pressured by Western organizations, Georgian oligarchic political parties have been implementing reforms that are destroying the welfare state, increasing austerity measures, and worsening worker exploitation, all for the benefits of big corporations which are applauding the country for its ease of doing business. Mass media coerced by private and corporate interest either remain silent or biased on these issues. Union organizing, therefore, remains one of the very few options to fight for basic human rights and for holding the state and corporations accountable in the face of daily, pervasive violations and persecutions, especially against women. Meet the Solidarity Network, a health and service union mostly led by women. Emerging as a response to increasing precarity, severe underpayment, and hostile work environments faced by workers in Georgia, Solidarity Network Union fights for dignified compensation and workplaces. Its goal? to create a national workers' democratic movement. To do so, it has been branching out, organizing and teaming up with other local and regional unions and slowly creating a network of unions while empowering women workers to become union leaders. Its political approach is a holistic one. For Solidarity Network Union, labor rights issues are directly connected to broader national political and economic agendas and reforms. 
That's why they are pushing for tax justice, women and LGBTQIA plus rights, and fighting against the dismantling of the Georgian welfare state. The Solidarity Network Union is also part of Transnational Social Strike, a political platform and infrastructure inspired by migrant women and essential worker organizing that works to build connections between labor movements across borders and nurture global solidarity. The Solidarity Network Union is fighting against labor rights violations, workers' persecution, and unfair policies, and it's fighting for decent pay, wage parity, and health conditions. Meet Sopo Japaridze, fierce feminist, union leader, and chair of the Independent Service Trade Union at the Solidarity Network. She left the country when she was very young to go to the United States, where she first became very politically active as a labor organizer. She kept Georgia in the back of her mind all that time, until one day, two decades later, she decided to return. The existing Georgian Union Confederation back then was less than ideal, so equipped with her skills, knowledge, and labor organizing experience, Sopo went back to Georgia and built her own union. Sopo is a passionate researcher and writer. She studies labor and social relations, writes for various publications, and is the contributing editor of Left East, an Eastern European analytical platform. She also co-founded the Political History Initiative and podcast Reimagining Soviet Georgia, where she explores the complexity and nuances of the country's experience under the Soviet Union to better understand its past in order to shed light on how to build a better future. Striking against all odds, the story of Solidarity Network's unprecedented win. In January 2022, the Solidarity Network organized a strike with 400 workers. Their main demand? To increase wages. The strike was called following months of unsuccessful talks with the Georgian Ministry of Social Affairs as part of a labor dispute. After weeks of protesting, negotiating, speaking to the media, withstanding backlash, and enduring the blistering cold of Georgian winter, the workers run unprecedented concessions from the government. Wage increase, paid maternity leave, the covering of transportation costs, no layoffs, compensation for strike days, and more. The strike did not only result in material gains, it also left the workers feeling united and empowered to stand up for themselves and fight for dignified working conditions now and in the future. They became a source of inspiration for all workers across the country. You can read more about their victory on the Transnational Social Strikes website. In an interview to Open Democracy, Sopo said, We know everything is against us, and there is very little time to change that. But we believe in intervention, and I do think we have a chance and we should use it. That's why we're doing everything we're doing. We're willing to push for things that are unheard of. Chapter 2. We are legal and always were. The story of the Union Otras in Spain. Most member states of the European Union have laws and practices that either criminalize or control sex workers in ways unacceptable to them. Criminalization of sex workers and or their clients only contributes to increase the vulnerability of sex workers who are already facing stigma, discrimination, and exclusion from society on a daily basis. In Spain, for example, the government is currently trying to pass an organic law for the abolition of prostitution, which will result in more clandestinity and violence. Let's dive into the stories of sex workers and union organizers fighting to decriminalize sex work and advance their labor rights. The Sex Workers' Trade Union Organization, or Organización de Trabajo Sexual, OTRAS, is the first union of sex workers in the history of Spain. It was born out of the need to ensure social, legal, and political rights for sex workers in the country where far-right movements are on the rise. After years of struggles against the Spanish legal system and anti-sex workers groups who petitioned to shut it down, Otras finally obtained its legal status as a union in 2021. Its goal? To decriminalize sex work and to ensure decent working conditions and environments for all sex workers. The union represents over 600 professional sex workers 
many of whom are migrant, trans, queer, and gender diverse. Meet Sabrina Sanchez, remarkable trans-migrant woman, sex worker, organizer, trans-feminist, and one of the founders of the Union Otras. Originally from Mexico City, she migrated to Spain 17 years ago after getting a degree in communications and started working as a sex worker. It didn't take long before she became involved with trans activism and sex worker activism in Barcelona. After joining the Association of Sex Workers, APROSEX, she started working in its secretariat and founded the Spanish Sex Worker Union Otras shortly after. She currently lives in Amsterdam, where she works as the coordinator of the European Sex Workers Alliance. Fun fact, she's also a car mechanic and a serious runner. Linda Porn is yet another heroine of feminist union organizer and sex worker activism nationally in Spain and transnationally. Originally from Mexico, she has been living in Spain since the early 2000s. She is a sex worker, an activist, a single mother, and a multidisciplinary artist. Drawing from these different identities, she uses performance, video art, and theater to visibilize struggles at the intersections of transfeminism, sex work, migration, colonialism, and motherhood. She combines art and sex work while caring for her daughter as a single mother. Linda also belongs to sex workers collectives that fights for their rights, such as the Otras Union and Katz Murcia. She also co-founded the group Madrecitas that visibilizes and denounces racial institutional violence against migrant families, violence to which she and her daughter were subjected as a sex worker and migrant single mother. You can follow her artwork on Tumblr. The principles of work of the Otras Union are horizontality, transparency, anti-racism, human rights, education, and continuous learning. To summarize, there are no feminist economies without feminist unions. Through labor and union organizing, Sopo, Sabrina, and Linda are not only fighting for the rights of essential workers, women workers, migrant workers, and sex workers, but for the rights of all workers. The fight to end workers' exploitation is a feminist struggle and shows us that there are no feminist economies without feminist unions. Get involved. You can follow the Solidarity Network Union on Facebook and Twitter, and you can support their work by donating on their website. You can also follow Otras on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and support their work on their website.